just want to take a moment to thank everybody for tuning in to our special live stream service today. Uh, for everybody online, thanks for joining us. We have a small core group of volunteers who are here today too who are helping us out for the service so thank you guys for being here just want to give a quick announcement before we begin our time of worship uh, obviously there's a lot going on in this country and so we've made some changes this morning to kind of focus on uh, really focusing on what fear is all about so that's what we're going to hear about today but i want to give you just a, a disclaimer right now we're streaming live on two different platforms on facebook live and we're also streaming on YouTube live. And so if at any point through this broadcast, if technology fails, something happens, and you get booted offline, check out the other platform. So to go check out uh, YouTube live, all you have to do is go to our website, frankenmuthbible.com, and uh, the, the access to get on YouTube live is right there. Um, and then if you get booted off YouTube live, just go onto Facebook and go on our page, and you can check out the live stream there. So thanks again for joining us, and now we're gonna turn to a time of worship. So let's worship together. Thank you. Well, it's great to join you guys this morning, whether you're joining with us in the living room, um, for our volunteers that are here this morning. I know our team is excited just as much today as we are any Sunday to lead you in worship. And it might be a little bit different um, where you're at, just might feel a little bit strange. Um, your context is unique to you, but here's one thing I know is true, is that where the Spirit of the Lord is, um, there's freedom. And today we're going to discuss what fruits of the Spirit come when we just trust in God. And these songs are prayers. These are songs that we can just come together collectively or scattered wherever we're at and just say, yeah, we, we agree with this. And so the song that we're about to sing is a song that says, God is not done yet. And there's nothing that shocks our God, even this. And God is up to something. And uh, this is just a brand new opportunity to bring God glory and to, to watch His plan unfold. And uh, to be a part of the church, to be a part of the church scattered right now is a pretty, pretty incredible thing. This really is unprecedented times. I know last week our team was just discussing it and kind of giggling a little bit and uh, didn't, didn't quite take things as serious as things are turning out to be. And um, no one would have thought that we tune on Facebook and see people commenting about how many rolls of toilet paper they have, right? Um, and so these are interesting times for sure, but uh, God is sovereign and he's worthy of our worship. So I want to encourage you wherever you're at today, uh, our team is mindful of you and we just want to lead you in these prayer songs. So wherever you're at, you can join us. Uh, we're going to worship. And for the people here, let's stand up and let's worship. Yeah. 
You're up to something right now these days. You're doing a new thing right now. So God, let your glory come down. And don't hold back. Don't hold back. It's your up to something right now. Good morning, Frank Ruth Bible Church. It's good to see you all, and it's good to have you here. My name is Nate, and I get to be your host this morning. We're thankful that you're joining with us, and we're excited that we're doing this live stream this morning. And we hope you're comfortable sitting on your couch in your pajamas or whatever it is. I'll tell you that the few people that are in the room right now are all wearing their pajamas as well. So just know that. We're all in this together, and so we're grateful that you're with us this morning. We just want you to know that our mission at Frank Ruth Bible Church is to glorify God in community. And our vision is to see people connected, to see lives changed, and to see the church multiplied. That's what we're really all about. We want to just remind you again, if you didn't hear Joe's opening announcement at the beginning, that we are live streaming on both Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And if for some reason your feed gets messed up, go ahead and go to our website so you can try and switch over to the other feed. Hopefully you'll be uh, uninterrupted our entire morning. So that would be awesome. We do want you to also to know that as we look forward to what's ahead, we'll be con communicating with you as much as we can, as soon as we can, as we look to next week and the weeks following that. We just don't have all the answers yet, so hang in there, keep looking for communication as we look at what might come in the future. Also, I want to let you know that we're in our sermon series on vision right now, but for this morning, we're going to hit pause on that sermon series. So in a few minutes when Joe comes up to bring uh, the word of God, we're going to be talking really about something that we think is important this morning. And that's about what the Bible says about fear. And so just want to give you a heads up that we will be picking up with our sermon series at some point. But right now, we're just going to hit pause on that and we'll pick back up on that at another time. Also, at this point in our service, we would typically do our giving. And so we want to give you a few options if you're listening online of ways you can give. So just so you're aware, first of all, you can see on your screen, text to give is an option. So if you just text to that number on your screen, you can give that way to Frankenmuth Bible Church. Of course, you can always give through our normal means, which is on our app and on our website. So be sure to take advantage of those if you would like to. If you'd like to be a little more traditional in your giving, that's okay too. You can send a check into the church if you'd like to. But we want you to know that if you're viewing for the first time, you're a guest with us, just watching online, please don't feel compelled at all to give. We just want to make sure that those who are regular attenders here at FBC know the ways that they can give during this time. Other than that, we're going to spend a little bit of time of prayer this morning. We're going to be praying for a couple of different things. First of all, we're going to be praying for our medical professionals who are serving uh, our world right now. So we'll be praying for them. We're going to be praying for the church, the global church. We know it's a, an interesting Sunday for the church, and so we're going to pray for the global church. And we also want to pray for St. Lorenz. We're grateful for our partners over at St. Lorenz who've helped us out with some technology even for this morning to make this broadcast possible. So we're grateful for them. We want to pray for their services this morning as well. So will you join me in prayer together? Father, I just thank you for this morning. And I thank you that, first of all, Lord, it's possible for us to be able to join together through technology that even just a few years ago, nobody probably really thought was possible. And that we are able to join together this morning and worship you in spirit and truth, even though we might be divided by distance, Father. We are still unified under you. 
your spirit is still the same, whether we're in this room or we're in our living room or wherever we may be across this world, your spirit is the same. And so I thank you for that this morning and I thank you that we have that reassurance. This morning, Father, we pray for the global church, Lord. This is a unique Sunday and we know that many services are canceled, many are doing online streaming, many are affected in, in different ways. And so we just pray this morning that even that, even so that might be that, that here at Franklin with Bible Church, and across the global church that your name might be proclaimed and, and that people might glorify it, Father, that your gospel might be preached loudly and clearly, Father, and Father, that we might gain perspective on what it means to fear and what your, your word tells us about fear. And so I pray for that this morning as well for the global church. We pray for our medical professionals today, Father. We know that they're going through a trying time as well. We know that they are serving despite the, the concerns that are out there. And so we just pray that you will protect them, keep them safe, and allow them to respond in the appropriate ways in order to be able to do their best to make this the least impact as possible. We appeal to you, Father, as the ultimate healer, and we trust that you have a plan, Lord, regardless of what this looks like, as much as it feels so unknown to all of us, we know that we can trust in you. If we believe in you, we have confidence. It's that simple. You're big enough for all of this. You're more than capable of handling all of this. And so we trust in that this morning. We rely on that this morning. And Father, I thank you for St. Lorenz, and I thank you for their ministry. We thank you for the partner that they are with us and that they're willing to help us out in a time of need. And we pray that their services this morning might be blessed by you and that you might use them in the way that you see fit to reach those who are attending their services as well. Again, we just thank you for today, Father. We thank you that nothing, nothing can separate us from your presence. No matter what is going on in our world, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what difficulty we're facing, nothing can separate us from you. And so I thank you for that. For those of us who trust in you, we always have access to you. So I thank you for that this morning. We pray that as we continue in our service, that your night might be exalted and you might be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.
our prayer as a church body that we would know you more in this time in this season season of uncertainty God a season where a lot of us are just wondering what's next God what a great opportunity to just throw our trust and our surrender your way to declare that to you so God that's where we're at we just want to say as for me and my life as for me and my household as for us as a church body God we surrender to your will in your way May you accomplish your purposes, not ours. And Lord, we know that you're sovereign. We know that there's a plan and we can trust you. So God, wherever we find ourselves today, I pray that we would just surrender and feel the freedom of knowing that there's a good God on the throne who take care of your children. So God, we're trusting in you right now. Lord, I pray for all those at home, all those who are listening live stream, all of us here today, wherever we find ourselves, that the message we're about to hear would just fall on ears that are open and receptive. Thank you for Pastor Joe and his changing of plans and to prepare this message for this season right now for our church. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would take it and you would do uh, awesome things. So Holy Spirit, have your way right now. And we ask this in Jesus' name, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And let's prepare our hearts for the word. been an interesting week, to say the least. For those of you tuning in online, you're well aware of the fact that this country has been tested recently in ways that seem unfathomable. Who would have thought that just over a week ago, when we were all sitting and, and experiencing life as usual, that, that one week later, all this would happen? So much turmoil in this country. To see so many areas of our life affected, the schools, churches, hospitals, businesses. It's hard to believe, isn't it? We can't believe it. And in light of all the chaos that we've been feeling and experiencing 
in this country, there's one overarching emotion that I feel like all of us just tend to have deep down within our heart and our spirit. And it's this. It's fear. Fear is what's gripping so many of us right now. And not necessarily for the same reasons either, right? There are various reasons why people are fearing right now. For some of you out there, maybe you're afraid of a virus that can impact you and affect you, and there's good reason to have that fear. But for others, maybe you're not afraid of the virus. Maybe you're afraid of the reaction to the virus in society. I mean, look at what's happening in grocery stores, just with with people hoarding things and people making decisions that just lack judgment. There's so much that's happening that maybe the response is what scares you. There are also people maybe out there right now listening, tuning in, people in the room who the thing that scares you more than anything else is the fact that financially this country, it's in crisis. The stock market, it's crashing, it's tanking, it's going down. Businesses are, are struggling. We're having issues with finances in this, this country and, and people are afraid. I understand. We all understand. Nothing feels stable does it? Lots of things we can be afraid of in this country. And I'm going to be honest with you and transparent for a moment, if that's okay. As a lot of this news has been coming out earlier on in this week, I, I have to confess, I kind of thought the whole thing was funny. Just a, I mean, not funny, but just a joke. Like, it, people were reacting, and they're blowing it way out of proportion. And to me, it was kind of, I was callous to the whole thing. I wasn't afraid earlier in the week. My biggest fear was the fact that I have to spend three weeks with my five kids and no NCAA tournament. That was my biggest fear. That was terrifying to me. But the truth is, now as I see the way this country is responding and the things that are happening, it just feels like things are getting worse. Things are spiraling. The truth is, fear is a very serious problem in this country. And if we're not careful, we can become gripped by fear. It can render us uh, uh, not able to move, not able to do anything, because fear can be so powerful. It can paralyze us. That's what fear can do. But beloved, I have a message for you this morning. I want you to hear this. Wherever you're at, for those of you who are tuning in online, you need to listen to this very carefully, because I believe with all my heart, God's desire for your life is not to have you gripped by fear. God's desire for your life is not to be paralyzed by fear. No, I do not believe that that's God's will for your life. The Apostle Paul, he said to young Timothy, he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, that's not God's plan for our life. God has a much better plan. God has a much better plan for the people in the room, for the people listening Online, And if we're going to see that together this morning, then we have to turn to the pages of Scripture. So I want to encourage you right now to open your Bibles, wherever you're at, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you want to use our mobile app, our mobile app has a built-in section where it's got our fill-in-the-blank notes this week. And so you can use the mobile app online, wherever you're at. The text is right there. Uh, in that app, right under that tab, under our home tab. So I encourage you to use that if you'd like, or you can use your Bibles. Matthew chapter 14. And today we're going to see directly from God's word this amazing truth that God has a better plan. Uh, today, from the word of God, we're going to see how to respond when life gets scary. How to respond when life gets scary. And so if you're already in Matthew chapter 14, we're going to get ready to jump right in. But before we do that, I just want to give a little context this morning for where we're at uh, in our Bibles uh, so far. So through the book of Matthew, many of you probably have read some of this book. You know that it's a, a story of the life of Jesus. And so Matthew documents the birth story of Jesus. It, it documents his life. It documents his death, his burial, his resurrection. And so here in Matthew chapter 14, where we're going to be turning this morning and looking this morning. A lot of things have happened. So far, we've seen the birth story of Jesus. We've seen Jesus call his disciples to himself. Uh, we've seen Jesus begin to preach. He preached an amazing message, the Sermon on the Mount. 
And then Jesus began performing miracles. In fact, so many miracles that the crowds, they began to follow Jesus around. And so by this point in the story, we're in Matthew chapter 14, and a big crowd has been following Jesus. And this crowd is now creating challenges for Jesus and for his disciples. So for example, in this chapter, in verses 13 through 21, we see a section of scripture where the people who are following Jesus, there are 5,000 people who are following him around the Sea of Galilee, and they're hungry, and Jesus commands his disciples to feed the people, but they can't feed the people, and so out of necessity, we see Jesus take these loaves of bread and these fish, and he ends up multiplying these to feed the hungry people, the 5,000 people by the Sea of Galilee. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus showed up right now and came to Kroger? Be awesome if he could multiply the toilet paper right now. I would appreciate that. My family of seven enjoys using the bathroom, and so that would be great if we could have some extra toilet paper. But, but here in our passage, right, this is what Jesus is doing. He's, he's feeding the 5,000, and immediately after this happens, notice what happens when our story picks up. Notice what happens in verses 22 through 24 in Matthew chapter 14. It begins by saying this. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. It says, when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. As we dive into our passage, the first thing we see this morning, the first section we're going to focus on, number one, is the tempest. The tempest. Notice how Jesus, he immediately, he sends his disciples away and he tells them to go and to cross the Sea of Galilee while he stays back to pray. And so that's what the disciples do. They go and, 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 and they head out onto the sea. And this journey across the Sea of Galilee, it shouldn't have taken that long. Uh, the Sea of Galilee and, and distance to go across the middle, four to five miles. And so they had planned to go on this trip, but what they realized when they got out on the water was this trip was taking much longer than they had anticipated. Because as they went to sea, they realized a storm came. They encountered a tempest. If you notice in our text, in verse 24, it says that they were beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Uh, this story is also found in other books in the Bible. In the book of John, for example, in his account, he describes the sea as rough in John's gospel. And so this is no small challenge for the disciples. No, what they're doing is they're heading out to sea and they're encountering something significant. They're encountering a major challenge. They're miles away from shore and they're battling the wind and the waves. This is a scary situation. This is a situation where normal people would panic They'd be gripped by fear. This would elicit so much fear in most of us. It's a scary situation. Very, very scary. But before we move on, I, I just want to ask a quick question. Why did the disciples end up in this storm to begin with? Like, why are they out to sea in the middle of a storm? How did this whole mess start? Well, someone sent them out there. Who was it that sent them into the sea? It's Jesus. No, notice, Jesus is the one who sent them out. Notice what it says in verse 22. Read in your Bibles. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. This whole encounter, this whole story, uh, the whole situation with this storm, it is not random. It is not happenstance that the disciples find themselves in this difficult situation, in this storm. There's nothing random about it. And so the question we need to ask is, why would Jesus do this to his disciples? Why would Jesus allow them to encounter a storm like this? Why would he send them into the storm? I've been wrestling over this question myself this week. And I think I know the answer. I think it's because he wants to teach them something and he wants to teach us something. I think there's something to learn here. He wants to test our faith. I mean, let's get real for a moment. When life is smooth sailing and everything's going great, do we really need God? Or, or in those moments when things are going really well, do we often push God to the background? 
He's not so important. We've got this covered. We can take care of things for ourselves. Is that what normally happens? Beloved, the truth is when we get comfortable, we have no need for God. That's what happens. So the truth is, sometimes it takes a storm to wake us up. It takes a storm to bring us to our senses. And perhaps God is using this situation right now in this country to wake us up to the fact that we're desperate. We need God. Maybe God is using this moment, this situation in our nation to stretch us and challenge us and grow us to be the people that he has called for us to be. I want you to know, hear me. Don't ever limit God's ability to use a storm. Don't limit God's ability here. God can use anything to accomplish his will and his purposes in our life. And storms are not outside of God's plan. Sometimes God does his greatest work in the middle of a storm. And this is what we see happening in our passage The disciples, they found themselves smack dab in the midst of a scary situation. They're fearful. They're desperate. They don't know what to do. They're beginning to panic. And in the midst of all this, notice what continues to happen. We're going to pick it up now in verse 25. Verse 25. It says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. As our passage continues here, the second thing we see, the second section in our message this morning, number two, is the terror. The terror. At this point in our story, the disciples, they've been battling this storm for over nine hours. It's incredible to think about. The the text tells us explicitly that this is the fourth watch in the night. So meaning it's sometime between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So they've been battling the storm all night long, and now it's early morning hours, and they're clearly overwhelmed and exhausted by this point in the story. And as they continue to try to battle the sea, notice who just nonchalantly come strolling out in the water like it's no big deal. It's amazing. I love this. It's Jesus. He walks out on the water like a boss right here. Awesome. Well, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's panicking. There's just Jesus strolling on by. It's amazing when you actually read Mark's gospel. I love uh, to compare some of this here because Mark's gospel, this account, it tells us that Jesus was going to walk by them. I don't know what he was doing, but he was walking by them, like just casually walking on by. And so these disciples, they're there, they're panicking. Jesus, he's cool as a cucumber. And all of a sudden they notice him, they see him. And in that moment, notice in the text what happens. The fear doesn't go away, at least not initially. Instead, the arrival of Jesus, it actually elicits more fear. They're even more terrified. Notice what it says. The disciples, they saw him. It says they were terrified. Imagine how scary this would be. I mean, just think, just put yourself in the disciples' shoes. You're in a little wooden boat in the middle of a sea, a great sea. And you've been sailing for nine hours trying to get across the water. You're in the middle of the water. Things are looking difficult. The waves and the wind are crashing around you. And then all of a sudden you see a strange figure who's walking through the wa- on the water, on top of the water. Imagine this, how difficult and scary this would be. Terrifying. And so our text, it tells us that at first they thought Jesus was a ghost. And in response, they cry out in fear. You ever cry out in fear before? I can admit it. I I have cried out in fear, to be honest. I think I've shared this before, but for me, the most terrifying thing I've experienced in life thus far is in the middle of the night when my children come tiptoeing down the stairs And for whatever reason, they often like to put their face like six inches from mine and just not say anything and just breathe. (laughs) And then I'll wake up, you know, I'll kind of wake up gently and I'll look and I'll see a face six inches from mine. And in those moments, like I I just panic. I, I have multiple times shouted and cried out, screamed. And fortunately for my kids, right, it's kind of fight or flight mode. I I normally would want to start swinging in that moment. So they have not caught a right hook yet, but it could happen if they keep waking me up that way. So 
But here in our passage, this is what's happening. Right? Naturally, when there's a moment like that for us where, where, where we're gripped by fear and it's so powerful, it is fight or flight. It's an instinct. We just respond. And here the disciples, right, they're in the water. They see this figure and they just respond. They shout out in terror. They're petrified. But notice how Jesus responds. I love this. He calmly goes up to them and he says these words. He says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. I love this. I love the command he gives to us. He gives to his disciples. He says, do not be afraid. You know, this is the most repeated command in scripture. This is found 70 times in your Bible, this command to do not be afraid. Do not fear. It's a powerful command, isn't it? Do not be afraid. What a great command. But let's be real for a moment. Doesn't it kind of frustrate you? Do not be afraid. Well, hey, thanks, Jesus. You're Jesus. What do you have to be afraid of? It's frustrating. In the middle of a storm, it's reasonable to be afraid. It's reasonable to fear. It's easy for Jesus to say, how are we supposed to not be afraid in moments of panic and terror? Well, notice what Jesus says. He he mentions something before he gives the command to do not be afraid. He says this. He says, he says, take heart. It is I. Take heart, it is I. Now, in Greek, those words, it is I, there are two words in Greek. And it's this, ego eimi, which literally translates, I am. I am. And just to kind of connect the dots for some of us this morning, this is a very intentional statement by Jesus to say I am because in the Old Testament there's a story where God is interacting with Moses at the burning bush and Moses is trying to figure out who God is and so he asks God, God what is your name? And God simply responds by saying I am. You want to know who's sending you Moses? Tell, tell the people I am is sending you. And so here Jesus is using the very same name of God. He's saying I am. And he's reassuring his disciples that in the middle of this storm, he has not abandoned his people. God has not left his people behind. No, he's with them. He's with them. And in fact, this is one of the central themes in the book of Matthew. In the very beginning of the book of Matthew, in the birth story of Jesus, it calls him Emmanuel. Which means what? It means God with us. And then at the end of the book, the very last chapter, the very last thing that Jesus says before he ascends into heaven, he says, surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. This is Jesus. This is the great I am. We have a God who is present with us who is near. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us, but he goes with us and he is for us and he is the comfort we need when moments like this are happening, when life gets scary. This is the thing we can take comfort in. Hear me, beloved. Hear me. Rest assured, we can have confidence in this. God has not abandoned his people. When the world around you right now is reeling, when you're terrified about what's going to happen next, take comfort in this. God has not abandoned you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. This is what God has promised. In the midst of all this chaos we're going through in this country, God is with us. And if God is with us, then man, this is the hope that we can cling to when life gets scary. This is what Jesus is trying to show his disciples. This is why he tells them, do not be afraid. It's because he's with them, just as he's with us. So our story, it continues. And notice what happens next. We're going to pick up now in verse 28. It says, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. As we read this next section, the third thing we see this morning, number three, is the test. The test. If you notice here in in typical Peter fashion, Peter, he forcefully 
makes a request to Jesus, urging him to command him to come on the water. So, so he says, if this is truly you, Jesus, command me to come out on the water. And notice how Jesus responds. He simply says one word. He says, come. And with that, Peter, he gets up and he gets out on the water. Now, at first, it, it looks like Peter is overcoming his fears, doesn't it? It looks like he, he's able to handle those fear because because at least he gets out of the boat. Sometimes people are critical about Peter in this story and his lack of faith. But the truth, is, the truth is he actually got out of the boat. There are 11 other guys who are sitting on the boat just kind of watching from a distance going, well, I hope this goes well. That's me. I, I'm probably the guy that's on the boat. And chances are you're the guy on the boat too. It's hard to be critical of Peter because Peter actually had the courage to step out of the boat. And for a while, he's doing well, right? He begins to walk on the water. He conquers his fears for a moment. But what happens next? What do the scriptures tell us? What does Peter see? It says he saw the wind. He saw the wind. He noticed the waves as they were crashing around him. He stops focusing on the Savior, and he starts focusing on his situation. You see that? Do we see this in the text? Things were great for a while, but then Peter, he took his eyes off of Jesus, and that's where his problems started. And the moment he does this, immediately he's gripped by fear. The text says he's afraid. And as a result, Peter begins to sink. He starts drowning. Beloved, we, we have a situation in this country right now that's scary. We have good reason to be concerned. Uh, that makes sense. That's a natural response. That's not wrong. We shouldn't take the situation lightly. I don't, I don't think that's what God would have for us. The truth is right now in life for us with the things that are happening around us, the wind and the waves, they're crashing against us again and again and again. And every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's another wave hitting again and again and again. And these things, they're fighting for our attention. They're fighting for our focus and for our concentra concentration. But see, you can't let the storm keep your eyes off of Jesus. Don't let the storm distract you from Jesus and from the fact that he's here and he's present. We can't give in to those fears because the moment we begin to do that and we begin to let fear take hold of us, that's the moment we begin to sink. It pulls us under. That's what's happening to Peter. And if we're not careful, the same thing can happen to us. And so as we look back at our text, this is what we see transpiring. Peter, he begins to walk on the water. He notices the wind. He starts to sink because he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And in a moment of desperation, all Peter can think to do is cry out for help. He says this. He says, Lord, save me. Lord, Save me. I love that. And, and notice what happens next as we wrap up our text. It says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And so the last thing we see here in our passage, number four, is the truth. The truth. As we wrap up this text, we see in a moment of desperation, when Peter is sinking, when he's drowning, God intervenes. He reaches down. He rescues Peter when it seems as if all hope is lost. And when Peter has no hope of saving himself, the only one who has the power to save him is God himself. It's Jesus. Reaching down to Peter. And the truth is, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we realize it or not, we are all a lot like Peter, aren't we? We're all desperate. We're all in need of saving. Man, I, I've been thinking about this text a little bit for the last few days and just thinking about this situation, and I just feel the need to be 100% with you, whether you realize it or not. As bad as this coronavirus is right now, here is the truth. There is a virus that is far worse. It infects all of us. 
that permeates everything it touches. It's a virus called sin. Sin is the greatest of enemies. It's more damaging than anything else we can encounter. And the truth is, sin is what keeps us separate from God. Sin is what condemns us before a holy and righteous God. And without the antidote to this virus of sin, the, the, the truth is we're lost, we're doomed, we're hopeless, we're goners. We're desperate. But thankfully, in our lowest point, God reached down through his son, Jesus Christ, and he provided the remedy. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come and to die for us, to deal with the problem of sin, to take our place on the cross. Jesus, while he was on the cross, the last thing he said is, it is finished, so we don't have to be. This is the good news. After dying on the cross, then Jesus, he rose from the dead in victory, and he gives hope. To anybody who's in the midst of desperation, he is the one who saves. He is the one who rescues. And just like Peter, anybody who cries out, Lord, save me, he will surely hear and rescue. In fact, Peter himself reminds us of this in the book of Acts. He says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For those of you out there tuning in, I, I don't know where you may be coming from. Have you reached a point of desperation where you saw the true problem in your heart as sin? And have you cried out, Lord, save me? Because Jesus has the power to save. Maybe you tuned in this morning because you're afraid or you're desperate or you're in need of some sort of hope, something to cling to. When it seems like the world is falling apart around you, I just want to encourage you. We do have a Savior. We do have a Deliverer. His name is Jesus. He is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. We need not fear because Jesus is our hope. He is our hope in the darkest of times. And it's interesting because after Jesus rescues Peter, uh, we read in the text that he graciously stops the wind and the waves. And instantly the people in the boat, they realize who Jesus is. And the text tells us that they worship him and they respond by saying this, truly, you are the son of God. And in that moment, they finally realize the truth. Jesus is the son of God. This is who he is. He has supreme power over all things. Jesus can deal with anything. The wind can't stop Jesus. The waves can't stop Jesus. The storm can't stop Jesus. Nothing can stop Jesus. He reigns over everything. And beloved, the same thing is true for us today. It's true. Life is scary right now. We all feel it. It's unavoidable. With the wind and the waves crashing, it's a scary time. See, in the midst of the storm, the truth is we really have two options. We can choose to let fear continue to drag us down, drag us under, or we can fix our eyes on the Son of God. We can fix our eyes squarely on Jesus. These are our options. And so if you're struggling right now, if you're scared right now, if you're anxious this morning with everything that's happening in the world around us, I encourage you to set your eyes on Jesus and to take hope in him this morning. This is the big idea. How do we respond when life gets scary? I think it's this. Either be driven by faith, not drowned by fear. That's what we need to pursue. When life gets scary, be driven by faith, not drowned by fear. This is important. Hear this. Jesus is loving enough to care about the things that scare you, but he's also powerful enough to do something about it. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is loving enough to care 
about the things that scare you, but he's also powerful enough to do something about it. Don't let fear bring you down. Don't let fear render you paralyzed. Life is going on. I've read through the scriptures and I know what the last pages say. Jesus wins. Nothing can defeat Jesus. He wins. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Nothing can stop our God. Don't let fear bring you down. Set your eyes on the Son of God. Have the faith to believe that Jesus has power over everything. You know, I just want to share a really quick story with you. As a kid, I remember I used to wake up sometimes at night. I would either have a nightmare or maybe I'd wake up and I thought I could see in my closet a monster. And I would be scared. I'd be afraid. And so what I would do is I would go into my parents' room and I would always do the very same thing. I would go and I would find my dad. Because for me, I knew my dad loved me. I knew he cared. But I also knew my dad was the strongest guy in the world. That's what kids think, right? My dad was the strongest, toughest guy in the world. He could deal with anything. And now I'm a dad. And sometimes my kids wake up. My two-year-old knocks. Sometimes I hear him say, in the middle of the night, he'll call out my name. He'll want me to run up the stairs. And sometimes he'll tell me, there's a monster. I've heard him say this a few times recently. There's a monster. There's a monster. And he wants me because he knows that I love him. I'm going to be there for, them, for him, but he also thinks I'm the toughest guy in the world. I don't know why my kids think that. I have the physique of a 12-year-old girl, but for some reason, my kids, they think I'm the strongest guy in the world. And so when they're scared, when they're struggling, when there's an issue that they're facing, they run to dad. Beloved, in this country, the things we're facing... We have a Father who loves us. Who loves us so much that he, he cares about the things we're scared of. But yet he's powerful enough to do something about it. So run to Dad. Run to the Father. Don't take your eyes off him. Go toward him. Set your hope in him. And don't allow fear to have a grip in your heart. Be driven by faith not by fear. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray for everybody in this room. I pray for everyone listening online and tuning in right now. Lord, we are not disconnected. Father, even through this gracious gift of the internet, Lord, the people who are at a distance, they're with us right now in spirit. We are together, we are unified, and we have a unified hope, and it's through your son, Jesus. Lord, we know the storm is raging around us. We don't even know how long we're going to be having to do this as a church. This could happen for weeks. This could happen for months. We don't know what's going to happen next. But Father, we do not lose heart because we take comfort in the fact that you are with us and you are for us. And that if you're with us, there's nothing that can stand in our way. Father, life is scary. And I pray that for everybody listening right now, they would take comfort in you and they would run to the Father. They would run to Dad. Seek his help in this time of need and not give way to fear. So Lord, we pray these things, we ask them in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And let's respond. Let's stand and sing. God is worthy, worthy of our trust, worthy of our worship. Every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy 
give every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every prayer we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Sing holy. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder.
Well, as we close our time together, I just have a benediction that I want to speak over everybody in the room, over everyone living or listening online and hearing this. And so I hope that this will resonate in your heart this morning as we leave our time together. This comes from the book of Romans, and it says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks again for joining us, praying for you, keep praying for us, pray for each other, love your neighbor, and we'll be back again next week, worshiping again next week. So thanks again. God bless you guys.